Welcome. I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Everyday, KristenEsser.com, or on Instagram at KristenEsser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Welcome to episode 19. Wow, happy 2019. This is the first chance I've had to record since before the holidays. And at this point, Christmas is over, New Year's is in the rearview mirror, the kids are back at college. I should say two of them are back at college, one is just back at school. And we're starting to settle back into the the rhythm and routine that I have been missing and craving. I had two weeks off during the holidays and it was glorious. (laughs) I definitely enjoyed having the downtime, but I have to admit that you know that feeling, um, if you read Little Women, there was a part of it, and I'm probably going to describe this badly, but there's a part in Little Women where The girls are all really craving doing their own things and like letting go of all the chores and responsibility. And Marmy, in all her wisdom, lets them do that. And so I can't exactly remember everything. I know that Joe goes out in a boat and, you know, she just spends all day out there. I don't remember if she's like sketching or something, but she comes back completely sunburned. And basically everybody indulges themselves to the point of excess. And um, so Marmy is sort of teaching them this lesson that you think you want all the free time in the world, but in reality, it's too much. It's, it's too much to not have to do any work. It's, it, the, the play is more valuable because you also have the work to balance it out. And that's kind of how I was feeling after a few days of like barely getting out of my pajamas and just sitting on the couch reading book after book. I was just like, you know what? I need to go for a walk. I need to eat a salad. I need to go run some errands. I need to get my life going, even, you know, within the the uh, vacation parameters there. But so I don't really um, mind being kind of back to it now. The only thing I do mind is I really loved having all of my three kids home and under one roof. You know, that's the, the part of sending especially that first kid off to college where it sort of breaks that chain of everybody living at home. And so it's just, it's so special to have everybody back, even though I have to say that the dishwasher is always full. There is always stuff laying around. It's so amazing now that we just have one kid home, how, how um, clean and neat everything stays and how it takes us sometimes a couple days to fill up a dishwasher. (laughs) So there's definitely a difference to having five people under a roof and and three people. But um, I would take that any day of the week to have, you know, everybody home. And, um, you know, we kind of knocked a few things off the bucket list of just, we, we never go on like a big vacation during Christmas, during the winter break, because um, I don't know, we're really just a family of homebodies. But we did a hike and we did a game night and we went to the movies and we had a celebratory dinner and, you know, all those kinds of things. But enough about that. I'm sure that everybody has um, just had enough of people's Christmas trees and words of the year and New Year's resolutions. So let's just, we are well into January. So let's just, uh, just move on. 
Once again, I forgot to talk about the tea I'm drinking, which I always like to do. And this is a really fun one. So I think I mentioned in the last podcast that my daughter did some traveling through Europe on her way um, home after her semester abroad. And one of the places she went was um, London, where she got to actually stay with a friend, which was just really did my mama's heart good to know that she was being well taken care of. So they did a ton of um, sightseeing. She actually took a picture of the um, the plaque of Selfridges. And we, we watched Mr. Selfridge together on PBS. So that was pretty fun. But she got me tea from Fortnum and Mason, which is apparently... Uh, like a department store. I said, is it like, is it like Selfridges? And I guess not quite, but it's, it's a department store. And she got me this tea in a beautiful tin called the Royal Blend. And I just have to read the bottom of it where it says first blended for King Edward VII in the summer of 1902. Royal Blend has been popular ever since for its smooth honey-like flavor. And it is one of the best teas I've ever had. I love it. And I'm going to keep this little tin forever. So I was able to share that with her while she was home. And, um, and that's what I'm drinking right now. I hope that you are having some sort of a fun beverage um, as well as you listen to this as we kind of have our chat over coffee or tea or a martini, if that is your thing. That's fine, too. Let's move on to quilting because you know why? I have something to report because I finished a thing. I'm so excited to say that the Moda Bake Shop Choose Your Own Adventure Quilt Along, which I was a part of in the summer, um, I have quilted that quilt. So it has been sitting basted. Well, actually, a few, uh, you know, episodes ago, I talked about that I wanted to long arm it because I wanted to get better at long arming. And um, it was just so big. It just didn't seem like fun to cram through a domestic machine. But then it turned out the the um, quilt shop that had the long arm, she just said she was not going to do long arming anymore, but I have since found out they're just actually going out of business. So that's sad. And there's just no place to rent a long arm around here. And I will admit that I I took the classes and did like my two hours of free um, long arm time that came with the class. And then a year went by and I never did it. So I did not support her the way I should have. So I feel bad about that. But um so then I went ahead and basted it. I spray basted this uh, Moda Bake Shop quilt and there it just sat like staring at me and just like intimidating me. <laughs> and I, I've talked about just straight line quilting it. And, you know, I just, I was just a, a fountain of indecision about what I wanted to do with this quilt. And then, um, my daughter, when she was packing to come home from Norway said, I cannot fit my bedding. And she had this like you know, just kind of dorm bedding, but we sent it with her with one of those. Um, she did a lot of her packing in those space bags you can get from Ziploc that you put in like a big Ziploc bag and you hook a vacuum cleaner up to it and it sucks all the air out. So things get really flat. But um, for a number of reasons I won't go into, things did not fit on the way back. So it was not expensive bedding. So I'm just like, leave it. It'll be fine. Um, and then I thought, you know what? I've got this Moda Bake Shop quilt. She, My daughter loves blue in this uh, quilt is blue and gray and white and so I sent her a picture and said what about this and she's like oh I would love that so that meant that I needed to get it quilted and I still I still put it off for weeks <laughs> until she actually got home and um, then finally I I was just I was so intimidated so this quilt is a medallion quilt there's a center star block and then um four patches that go around that so it's a medallion so it's built in these borders out and after uh, the 
and there's these series of like skinny um, borders for me. They're white of the background fabric so that the math works out for each of the, you know, um, borders as they're they're moving out of these pieced block borders. So there's a number of also skinny borders in there that are, I, you know, who knows how to quilt those things. So it, went, it goes center star, four patch, um, then kind of a modified pinwheel, then flying geese, and then this other block, I don't even know what it's called. And, um, and then another, then a border. So I was just, I didn't know what to do. So I thought about straight line quilting, but ultimately, um, Holly Ann over at String and Story, who long armed, um, has long armed a quilt for me. She also did this quilt along in the summer and she did a blog series on how to quilt each one of these borders. And so, and she has classes like, of um, intro uh, to free motion. She's kind of got beginning, intermediate, and, um, what she calls a rock star status. I know I kind of talked about this before, but um, just as a reminder. So she, on her blog, did quilting plans for this exact quilt and gave you lots of different ideas of, of how to do it. So I got on there and I, I basically just, um, you know, with a little snipping tool on my computer, just snipped out the ones that kind of spoke to me, that I liked the way they looked, that I felt confident that I could perform them meaning I did not pick anything that had feathers or <laughs> or spirals or swirls. These are not my things. And uh, I just pasted them onto a piece of paper as like inspiration. And then I set to work. And what was kind of cool about the center medallion is that because she um, created these quilting plans on graph paper, I feel like she was not overly influenced by the design of the star but and I mean that in a really good way so I would have just taken each I, I don't remember it's probably like a in, in reality like a 25 patch or something you know just to make the center star of combination of just patches and quarter log uh, quarter log cabin blocks and half square triangles and um, so it, it forms this star but I would have looked at each of those um, patches separately but she created with sort of marking a, a quilted star within this star sort of being in, inspired by the the blocks that are there but kind of doing her own thing and I never would have thought of that and um, it was kind of interesting to mark because I used a Hera marker not um, like a friction or a anything that would you know water soluble or air, air soluble marker because there was a lot of white on this quilt and I'm just a little afraid I just didn't really want to mark it so I used a Hera marker which means I marked small amounts at a time because that mark kind of starts to come out. So that was a little tricky, but I absolutely adore how it came out. And I'll put um, a picture in the in the show notes. But from there, you know, I just came up with, you know, inspired by her, little motifs for each each type of block. So I totally custom quilted the whole thing. It took many hours, <laughs> but you know what? Um, I loved it. I really enjoyed myself and I'm usually so terrified of quilting and ruining a quilt and I don't think I really tore anything out that I can remember which is really unusual for me and when the other thing I I really realized is even though this custom quilting it's definitely more densely quilted than anything I've ever done free motion quilting goes so much faster than straight line quilting because you're just covering more area in a more fluid way so that was that was really fun and I bring this up because when it came to the last it's like a three inch border 
I did not know what to do with that. And it was a little too wide for me to do something um, like ribbon candy or something like that. I just thought, oh, if I get off, I'm just going to be so angry. So I just did some straight line quilting in those borders. And they're just about a quarter inch apart. And I just did like a series of two. And then I left some space and then a series of three just to really you know, attach those three layers because there was just three inches. There was just no way I was going to do it every quarter inch because I was just crawling out of my skin with boredom, just doing these long lines. And I was so much more self-conscious about the imperfections of, of me getting a little crooked or whatever. When you're doing the free motion, especially on top of a with a blending thread on top of a print fabric. It's just very forgiving. And so the, there was kind of a lot of lessons for me in that. Just buckle down and and do the free motion and have some fun with it. Have a glass of wine, <laughs> you know, just loosen up a bit. So that was really fun. And then I took that center motif, created another one and put some um, four patches. So I just sort of mimicked the center part of this quilt and made a, a pillow sham to go with the with the quilt for my daughter and that I did with an all-over paisley design at that point I was like it was the day before she was leaving and I wasn't doing any more custom quilting but it came out really cute when it um it washed it and dried it and it crinkled up you know all those little imperfections they just sink to the background literally and it came out really cute. My only fear was that it was not made to be a bed size quilt. It's 73 by 73. And I think we all know that twin beds are longer. So I was worried about that. But um, ultimately, she just actually has another quilt that I made that she put over the foot of her bed. So that worked out. But I think in the long run, we might just get her like a gray duvet and then um, that, that can hang over the edge of the bed. And then this can be kind of a topper for that. But it's it's actually very her and very cute. And um, yeah, so pop over to the blog if you get a chance, and I'll, I'll put up some pictures in the show notes. That quilting win has spurred me to action, in my mind anyways, not actually physically yet, to uh, finish off some other quilts. I I'd said in previous podcasts that 2019 is I was going to quilt all the quilts. So first one's done. I'm feeling some confidence, so I definitely want to keep going with that. And I have in my sewing room set up one of those um, drying racks that you can get for drying clothes outside, just a cheapy one from Target that I actually took <laughs> out of the garage. It's my daughter's for her laundry. I had to buy her another one. So I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it's just a, um, a little collapsible rack, but it's so perfect for putting all my whips on it. So all the quilts that I'm working on are just right on there and they're top of mind. It looks kind of pretty. I would have liked to find a wood one, but they were really expensive. This was like a $14 just white one from Target and I feel like my um the things I need to finish are are it's kind of be good for me to, to be able to see them I'm a very visual person out of sight out of mind for me so I've got um about four or five more quilts that I really need to to knock out the quilting for but I'm really itching to do a piecing project so um, I'm ordering fabric for a couple of those and I'll talk more about that later but um yeah I'm just feeling some really good energy about uh, about quilting right now and of course, the other big quilting project that I'm working on is the hand-pieced quilt along. Are you sewing along with us? Uh, we just did the quilt reveal on January 7th. And um, so it's all out there now. It's a small quilt, just 23 by 23. The, the blocks are just six inches finished. So it's very, very doable. I was just telling somebody today that 
I did a little test and I don't think that any particular block will take anyone longer than two hours in a week to do. And that's, for some of them, that's generous. So um, I feel like most people can carve out, you know, 15 or 20 minutes an evening to, to, to work on this. So I I hope you join us. We have over a thousand people sewing along with us in just in our closed Facebook group. And I know there's a lot. Of, I got emails from people saying, I don't do Facebook, um, and, which is completely fine. You don't have to, but I'm really hoping that that place, and it already is becoming this, but becomes a, a place of just community and, and sharing our our sewing projects and our triumphs and the challenges. And we have a lot of people in that group that have way more years of experience than Patty or I in hand piecing. And I know they are going to be an invaluable source um, of information and encouragement. So I'm really excited about that. The first tutorial um, goes up on January 21st. So we revealed the quilt on the 7th and gave people a couple of weeks to download the coloring sheets. Um, so there's there's coloring sheets and there's two different setting options um, available. People can order their fabric, you know, play around, pull from their stash, you know, pull out those colored pencils. And so everybody will be ready to go on the 21st for the first tutorial. Every week will be a tutorial. A lot of them have videos, um, lots of pictures and step outs. So, you know, completely doable for anybody. So anyways, that is my um, my pitch for the handpiece quilt along. And I hope that you will join us. For the knitting part of this podcast, I'm just going to say sock. I'm knitting a sock. It's the second sock of the same socks I've been knitting for months. Enough said about that. (laughs) Maybe I will find some knitting mojo in 2019, but uh, I don't have it right now. I mean, I'm enjoying enjoying the sock, but um, nobody wants my socks. And I can only wear so many hand-knitted socks in Southern California. So I might need to just uh, let that go and stick to hand-piecing in the evenings instead of knitting. I don't know. I am totally excited to talk to you about what I've been reading because for me, Christmas is about getting books <laughs> and books I got. So the first one that I want to talk about is Kingdom of the Blind by Louise Penny. It is the new book in the Louise Penny Inspector Gamache series. If you've been listening before, you know that I am obsessed with this series. I love it. I love the Gamaches, both um, Armand Gamache, the detective, and his wife, uh, Renee Marie. And uh, they. I feel like they inspire me to want to be... Um, to be a better person, to be, to eat better food and dress better and and be more sophisticated. (laughs) You know, you know how you get, I get that way about characters. I want to be friends with them in real life so badly. But anyways, so um, I don't want to really tell too much about the book because, you know, it's a series. It's like, I think maybe number 12 in a series that, you, you know, sort of keeps getting better, although it may have hit its high point somewhere in the middle there, but it's still really good. And, um, I can't really talk about it too much or it gives away stuff that happened previously in the series, but um, I feel that it is, I said this before, that these mysteries, which I really love mysteries, but these are really well written. Um, I talked, I think, in the last podcast about how they took uh, 
Still Life, her first book in the series, and made it into a like a made-for-TV movie, and it did not translate. And as I was reading this book, I realized why, and that's because so much of the rich detail and more of the literary side of these books, and I mean, I'm not saying it's War and Peace, but um, it happens inside people's heads, if you know what I mean. And it's just something that, that doesn't come across in in something like a movie. So... Although apparently we will, uh, here, I'm just going to throw this out here right now. We watched Crazy Rich Asians as a family over the break and it was, it was really fun. It was a really cute uh, romantic comedy and visually it was stunning just, you know, because they're crazy rich and, and you know, the weddings and partings they have, it's, it's like nothing I ever could have imagined. And so I made the comment to somebody about, you know, I wonder how the book is. The book's supposed to be really good. But I'm not sure that I could have imagined anything as opulent as what came across in the movie. And I read then later on a review of the book that said, you know, the, the movie was really good. And I think it was pretty true to the book. But when you read the book, it's even better in terms of picturing, you know, the, the opulence. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. So it must be pretty well written because I could not have imagined, you know, the, the crazy cinematography. So, um, Kingdom of the Blind, uh, if you're into to mysteries, get into that series. I don't think you will um, regret it. The book that I'm reading right now, and much to my surprise, I am struggling with, is The Clockmaker's Daughter by Kate Morton. Kate Morton is another favorite author of mine. Um, the Forgotten Garden is one of my all-time favorite books. I love that book. And she has a lot of... Um, stories that that take place in different periods of time so it can be a little bit confusing and most of her books have that element to it different characters different time periods and so you kind of have to stay on top of your game as you're reading Um, and i've liked every book she's written um forgotten garden the house at riverton the secret keeper's daughter Um, the only one i didn't really care for was called the distant hours so i was very excited about this and um I'm not that far in and I don't know why it's not grabbing me. I just, I feel like I need to really, I'm not going to give up on it yet. I need to put in, you know, just a good couple hours to kind of, I think, get into the story proper. But, um, you know, so I'm doing that thing right now where because I'm not loving what I'm reading, I'm kind of not reading. So I'm just like, okay, that's no good. You need to just figure out if you want to read this book or if you just need to set it aside. And I suspect that I will get into it, but honestly, I haven't yet. Um, and the other books that I got for Christmas that I am um, just starting to explore is I got the Skinny Taste Cookbook. A lot of our favorite family recipes in this house are from Skinny Taste, which are not diety at all. And um, I've uh, posted several times about the chicken parmesan recipe, baked chicken parmesan. It's uh, some. It's like my kids' favorite, one of the favorite things that I make. And so I just wanted to. We'll get more of her recipes. She posts a ton for free on her blog but you know I figured there were some other recipes and I just kind of wanted to support her as a person who's putting stuff out there Um, so this I got the skinny taste cookbook and it's her older one she just had one um, coming out right now called one and done but I'm not huge into crockpot meals Um, I'm sure they're very good but I just wanted to go with something that you know I had a little more depth for us and so we've just tried a few of those recipes. I do highly recommend that cookbook. Um, it just she really uh, creates family-friendly recipes that taste good, 
that are not diety in any way, but are healthy. And isn't that kind of what we're all going for? Um, the other book that I got is Becoming by Michelle Obama. I have heard nothing but amazing things about this book, so I'm very excited about reading that. I haven't gotten to it yet. And the last one is called Florette Farms Cut Flower Garden, because this is another dream of mine, because I need more hobbies, obviously, but I would love to grow flowers in our backyard that I could cut and bring inside. And um, so I I follow her on Instagram. I we read her blog. Um, the pictures are stunning. It looks like an amazing book. And she's actually on the, the West Coast um, with me. A lot of, it seems like a lot of gardening things come from the East Coast. And I always want to say, if you guys like gardening so much, you should live in California because we can garden year round here. <laughs> but no, like so many days they live in Portland, Maine, where the growing season is four months long or something. And like, you know, you guys should move to California. You'd go crazy. So I looked up where she's from. And interestingly, she uh, this garden is, you know, her her flower farm rather is in Mount Vernon, Washington, which is a place that we go for um vacation every other year we go do this family lake house with my extended family and the last time we did a couple years ago I um we went to Laconer, which is also right there and that is where the Laconer fabric line from uh Jira Brandvig from Quilting in the Rain um she she, that little adorable town called Laconer inspired this whole fabric line and I I had made a quilt for market for that fabric line and I loved it. And so I ha- we just had to go visit and it was great. So it's funny that this year I have a new field trip for us to take when we go up there. Is, and I, I don't even know if you can go visit this farm, but I'm going to do it even if it's not allowed. So those are the books that I'm kind of excited about. And um, yeah, so I've definitely got quite a pile on my nightstand right now. Let's talk about shows to watch. I've got some good ones here as well. So first of all, my friend Frances over at the Off Quilt Kilter Quilt mentioned that she was watching Vanity Fair on Amazon Prime and uh, thought that I might like it. And she was not wrong. So that it's a prime original. It doesn't mean it's I love how they call it an original. It's it's not like it's an original story. Um, But it's from 2018. It's uh, seven episodes. And it is based on the book by William Makepeace Thackeray, which is about a character named Becky Sharp. Um, It takes place during the Napoleonic Wars. So it's the early 1800s. So, of course, so it's got the awesome, you know, outfits and and the whole period piece look that I adore. And again, I don't want to give too much away, but uh, Becky Sharp is a character who was um, born in that period I think her she's an orphan so her she was born into like not great circumstances I think her father was uh, an artist and her mom was an opera singer they're they're dead by the time the uh, movie starts or show starts and it's her story of, of her making her way in this world as a woman that is coming from nothing and as we know from Pride and Prejudice and all these stories you know, if you do not come from money, you are just in trouble. And it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, you, you know, your marriage prospects are really limited, but marriage is really the only way out is to, to marry some money. And so it's really her story of how she social climbs 
out of this uh, you know position of deficit that she is born into and there are many ups and downs you have many feelings about her from rooting her on to being very disappointed to being angry it's it's a it's quite it's quite a ride it's funny in some places and it's just it's beautifully shot um, but it's a very interesting show so I absolutely recommend Vanity Fair on um, Amazon Prime and then I've probably talked about this before. This is not a new one, but um, I did watch the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society again because I knew that my daughter would like it and she couldn't get it on Norwegian Netflix <laughs> while she was there. So I'm like, we have to watch this. And so that was really fun. And if you are missing your Downton Abbey people, it has... Um, Lady Rose, it has Lady Sybil, it has Isabel Crawley. Like it's just, I feel like it is a Downton Abbey family reunion. And so that is really, really fun to watch. I read the book years ago. I remembered virtually nothing about it. I hear that it's quite the 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 movie and the book are kind of different, but that doesn't even bother me. Oh, also, whoever the guy is that Lady Mary marries on Downton Abbey, he's in this too. So there's four characters at least from Downton Abbey in it. So that was um, really, really fun. And lastly, um, for my homemaking segment, it's also going to be a show to watch because would I be remiss if I did not bring up the Netflix original Tidying Up with Marie Kondo? So who read this book? Raise your hand if you read the what is it? I can't remember what it's called. The Magical Art of tying, Tidying Up. I feel like that's not quite right. But um, the, whatever the Marie Kondo book was from, again, how long ago? I could have done a little research before we talked about this, but maybe five years ago. So I read it. It was fine. I did not love it. She came off actually to me kind of weird because she has always been obsessed with organizing, even as a child, and she would beg people to organize things in her family. And I was just like, I cannot really relate to you, eight-year-old Marie Kondo. I just don't really get this. But I did have one big takeaway from that book, and that was the way that she folds, which I have now realized is not exactly right, but it's my own version of, of how she folds, where she... Um, like for t-shirts, for instance, I'm sure you've probably seen this and you're like, you don't have to explain this, Kristen. The whole world has seen this. But she folds them into basically little rectangles and then she stacks them on end like file folders so that when you look into a drawer, you can see all the shirts where normal people just fold them and put them in your drawer so that you only ever see the one on the top, right? So once I started changing over to that, um, my husband was like, this is amazing. I can see every shirt, you know, so that was a really good takeaway. And that was kind of enough. I think I got that book from the library or on Kindle. That was a great takeaway. So then when this showed up on Netflix and people were binge watching it, I was like, I don't know. Haven't we had enough of these kinds of shows? You know, these, these organizing shows and, you know, what else, what else could there be to say? Well, there's a few more things left to say, as it turns out. So I don't know if you ever watched um, Hoarders or Clean House. Those are, you know, you think maybe it's similar to those things. Um, I actually really, you know, we used to get a kick out of watching those, but with like clean house, they would bring like a team in to these people whose house are a mess. They kind of bring a team in and make you go through it with them. But in reality, they have, you know, a dozen professional organizers and they're doing all the work. That's not the way this goes. First of all, Marie Kondo is in fact the most adorable human being 
on the earth. She is, it's crazy. And she is absolutely delightful and non-judgmental and just so compassionate and helpful. So she goes into these people's houses and they they cherry pick people. There's people with with toddlers. There's empty. There's an empty nester. There's someone, uh, a widow who needs to deal with, you know, her husband's, you know, belongings. There's people who want to have a baby, you know, just all kinds of different reasons why people are being spurred on to wanting to get organized. And a lot of these houses are not too crazy. As a matter of fact, um, a few of them, you would never think these people had a problem. Like the, the woman who's the widow, she kind of had a beautiful, clean house. But once you start opening drawers and closets and then even bedrooms of kids who have moved out that have just become storage areas, you know, like there's sort of like dirty little secrets everywhere. I can kind of relate to that. My house looks pretty neat, but I do feel like we're kind of bursting out of some closets and drawers sometimes. And um, so she comes in and... Um, it just helps people get control of this. And, you know, you can watch it to, to find out. But what I really liked about it is that they had to do the work. Like she explains things to them and all the um, the standard responses, excuses come up. Like as I try to explain this to my husband and about the whole, you know, she has the thing that you hold, you pick up every item and you ask yourself, does this spark joy? And my husband's like, are you kidding me? Like, it's a t-shirt, it's a pair of underwear, it's a pair of socks. I, you know, what does this mean spark joy? And she completely goes over that and she handles, um, you know, the, all the things about like, it doesn't spark joy, but I really kind of need it and, and, and how to handle that. The other thing that she does that I think is really interesting, and I'm never going to do it, but I kind of think that I should is that she has you take like all of your clothes from all over the house and dump them on your bed to towards like a mountain so that you can really grasp how much stuff you own because it's when it's all spread out this is in the closet this is in the coat closet downstairs this is in drawers it turns out there's a whole lot of people that use closets in other rooms like oh my I have the master closet but my husband keeps all his in the spare guest room closet down the hall or whatever so you get all that together and it I think it's really eye-opening um but I'm probably not going to do that to be honest with you but it did spur me one afternoon when I was kind of at odds and I knew I should have been doing something but I didn't feel like doing that thing I started going through my dresser and I did go through one drawer at a time and dump it out and refold things the way like my underwear and my socks the way she did it. I rearranged some things I by the time I got done I didn't even think that I had too much stuff in these drawers because I actually do go through my stuff quite often I still had a big bag to go to Goodwill and a bag of trash and I finally tackled these little drawers that I have that have jewelry and a lot of stuff from when my mom passed away costume jewelry um and a lot of little mementos from the kids when they were little and I was a Girl Scout leader and I just have always been kind of afraid of those drawers and I just dumped them out and did it and so it felt really good and I get a little thrill every time I open my sock drawer now so you know it's it's pretty fun but I did get did get really real about I've been carrying these slips around with me since high school and to be honest with you I can't remember the last time I wore a slip so I'm just like and I, but I've always kept them. What if I need a slip? I had three slips and I'm just like, you know what? If I ever need a snip, I'll go buy one because I've been carrying these around for like 30 years. This is ridiculous. So Marie Kondo tidying up. Um, you cannot help but be a little bit inspired by watching it. 
I cannot help but be a little bit inspired. And my daughter, Chloe, she watched it with me for 10 minutes. And she's like, this makes me want to completely just clean up my entire life. I'm like, right? I wish my husband felt the same way. He just keeps saying, things are fine. Things are fine the way they are. But I will convert him yet. So that about wraps up this episode. I do want to mention a few people who have left uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts. I know I always say iTunes iTunes reviews, but in reality, it's the Apple Podcast app is where you would leave the reviews. So FL Quilter. And this next one, I'm just going to say the letters. It's RDCJRC and Mini Greer. You three all left uh, very nice reviews. And um, I'm just so happy that people listening um, are just uh, the feedback I'm getting is it's like just chatting with a friend and that's exactly the way I want it to be please feel free to chat back by either commenting on the show notes or Instagram Facebook shoot me an email however I love to hear what you're doing I love to hear what's what's resonating with you so I would appreciate if anyone would leave um, a review or a rating on the Apple Podcast app. I really appreciate that. And that's about it. I hope that you guys are having a great start to 2019. Don't, you know, think that you have to like hit all your goals in one month. Take it slow, just one bite at a time. And uh, let's just have a great 2019 together. We'll see you next time.